Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast as you join us between two campaigns. Uh, I'm Francesco. Uh, for those of you who, well, most of you should know me, and if you're brand new to the show, okay, hi, I'm Francesco. I'm one of the hosts and co-creators of the show, along with uh, Dave here. Uh, say Hello. hi, Dave. Uh, hi, Dave. Before we continue here, um, so we were asked, you know, as, as, while we were doing the writing process of our, you know, new campaign, this and that, you know, and just taking things in a bit of a different direction, you know, some of our listeners have asked us for a bit of a some teaser content or just some things so that they can kind of, you know, know what's coming or have an idea of what's coming. So if you do not want any spoilers about the next campaign or like what systems we're going to be using or, you know, like any of that stuff, if you want to just be going in blind. Come back and listen to this. This is your official warning um, that there are going to be mild spoilers ahead as far as just like, you know, what we're going to like about how we're going to be running this campaign and, you know, how, what, what our writing process was for it, um, you know, but feel free to come back after you listen to episode zero zero and you get to have a better idea of how, you know, we're going to structure things. So with the spoiler alert out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and introduce who we have with us tonight. Um, we have most of the cast. Um, Mike is not with us, but you know, he is going to uh, be part of the campaign and you'll, you'll hear from him in episode zero with me here. I have Nicole. Hi, we have John. Hi. We have one of our new cast members, Lewis. Hello, Lou. Hello. We have another new cast member, Seb, Sebastian. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, obviously Dave, like I said, and Zach. Hey. Hello. So, um, like I said, we just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what's coming and what our whole process has been. You know, it's been some months since you've probably heard from us. And, you know, we've we've spent a lot of this time um, preparing uh, something different for the second campaign of this podcast. Um, I think a genre of, of stuff that we've been really itching to explore more because I think that there's just there's so many more opportunities for different kinds of storytelling. Um, we've decided to try to take on a bit more of a sci-fi approach to our next campaign. So we, as some of you may know, Spelljammer, uh, you know, was released in fifth edition some time ago now. Um, it's some controversy, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to get into any of those things. The whole point is that, you know, we're essentially taking Wait, there's Spelljammer controversy. There sure is. I'll let everybody, I'll let you guys look into it. What? I really don't want to get into it here. I do not want to get into it here. Um, because the whole point is that we're rewriting like all of the lore and all the things. And, you know, Wizards has already retconned any of the things that were problematic. Um, but like, you know, we just wanted to have an adventure in space. We wanted it to be familiar. We still wanted it to be Dungeons and Dragons because it's something that, you know, most people are more familiar with, especially now that it's become more popularized. You know, in modern media, there's movies now, you know, like we, there's just there's well, okay, there were movies before, but we don't talk about or maybe we will at some point talk about in uh, some bonus content. Uh, we're the going old to D&D movie. We're not as to. bad as everyone says it is. I digress. Right. You also have like, you know, popular video games now like Baldur's Gate 3 and things like that that are, again, bringing, so good. making D&D more accessible right to a larger audience. So. We still wanted to make sure that, you know, we were operating within that realm of that fifth edition, but one of our favorite things to do, and I think one of the core critical elements that makes D&D great is homebrew. And so being the writers that we are, just the, you know, creatively minded folks that we are, we wanted to essentially kind of have our, just kind of layer 
our own little sci-fi reskin like over top D&D as well as leverage, you know, some really amazing like content that's already the custom content that's already been created um, by some very talented people to utilize in our campaign. So as far as, you know, source materials and whatnot, you know, in addition to using the Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition and spell jammer sort of rule set as our, as our guide, we are also employing, um, one of my favorite supplements that I've discovered today, and that's the Spelljammers cookbook, which we will actually also be interviewing the lead author of. Uh, so stay tuned for that. You'll be you'll you'll probably see sometime around you know around when this when this episode airs, uh, following it, there's going to be an interview with actually the lead creative author for the Spelljammers cookbook. But it essentially offers up like two new subclasses for every playable class that really fit a more like magical sci-fi setting, and we're gonna again tailor those and tweak those a little bit more to fit our futuristic setting. Because for those of you who aren't familiar, Spelljammer, and I guess everybody else helped me out with this if I'm not describing it properly, but it's sort of like, it's really just D&D, like fantasy medieval stuff, but also in space, right? And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like you're flying boats in, in, other, space. in space. And it's just like, I just didn't, I don't know. All of us, I think I can speak that most of us here, if not all of us, are huge sci-fi nerds. Am I, am yes. I right to assume that like, we love, star, you know, Star Trek, Star, you know, like all those, you know. All the stars. The Honestly, Expanse. I think claiming this Kiwi is, should be aggressive for me, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah. This is a, a, an actual dream come true because, and Fran can attest to this, as soon as he asked me to join the podcast, I was like, can we go to space? And he <laughs> said, Maybe. Right, <laughs> because Maybe obviously, if, if the rules and plot will allow it, and as soon as he told me about Spelljammer, I was like, "Thank you." Yes, like I'm in. Vecna. Right, this is so, amazing. I should say that you know, <laughs> thank you, Vecna, but good. Vecna, but good. Spoiler. Vecna, but good. Yeah, it thank is, you, Vecna, but good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because that's the thing, right? Is like uh, I've always also wanted to play in a sci-fi campaign. I've tried a lot of different, um, I guess, like D20 or even just like you know, tabletop like role playing sci-fi things we experimented and like looked into a lot of other like i guess like D adjacent stuff to see if we could maybe use those systems instead like we looked into just for some quick shout outs of things that we considered but ultimately moved on from you know esper genesis was one of the systems we were looking into was it just essentially like another way of reskinning fifth edition to be sci-fi but we found that you know it just there was we had a lot less room to kind of mold things to our our desires, I guess, within that setting without, I guess, disrespecting the intent of what that setting is supposed to offer. Right. I mean, we had some great I had some great talks with the author of that setting. And, you know, we were we were chatting about it for a little bit. But ultimately, we decided, you know, just to kind of keep things in the D&D realm. However, we did reach out, you know, again, to the Spelljammers cookbook folks. Um, and we're also just referencing some other like, you know, we, we use some other reference materials such as like the modern manual. Right. That um, has been published to the homebrew like home brewery. And I think he's also been, you know, cross posted in a bunch of different places. But it's essentially taking the unearthed arcana that wizards created for modern magic and expanding upon that to add like other modern like weapons and armor and things like that that we can reference for like maybe older technology or even just common technology that would exist now in the sort of future state you know, because we're essentially just taking like, you know, the, the the sort of established universe that we were creating with our, our first campaign and just blasting it out wide open into like the wider universe. So we're still going to be using similar concepts that exist in Spelljammer, like wild space systems in the Astral Sea. And like that's how all these systems are connected to each other. 
but we're moving away from the boats and spelljammer helms and doing something that's a little bit more of like a traditional spaceship, but with still some of the same mechanics like air envelopes and gravity envelopes and those things that spelljammer introduced for simplicity and familiarity. But just again, painting that sci-fi skin over and that modern sort of like thing like over D D. So, you know, we've referenced those things and we also have a for, you know, you're going to hear it in episode zero, but we have, we've, we've had some custom races uh, that, you know, like, you know, essentially things that already exist in the monster manual, but weren't playable races. So, you know, we've, we've, we've brought some of those things into the fold, like the Doar playable race. I'm not going to tell you who's playing a Doar, but there is going to be a Doar. And if you don't know what that is, it's a penguin person and it's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> if I were just to real quick shout the author out, it was designed by Kieran Wright on the DM scale. You can actually find them also on the, on the internet as a uh, serious Wizness, which is just a fantastic name. So shout out to them. Uh, f- fantastic playable race, really cool doc. Um, and then again, like I said, the spell jammers cookbook and, um, I believe, you know, other than that, you know, we're, we're just using some like of the existing unearthed arcana for like modern magic and like additional feats. And, and, and you know, we're going to be just doing some some reworking and again, just reflavoring, reskinning. And, you know, we used uh, in, in most meta fashion because I've obviously, you know, this is probably going to spark some debate. But one of the things that we used to assist us in sort of the creation of a lot of these custom materials, though, for the parts that we wrote, because we did a lot of also just reflavoring of a lot of the basic stuff to feel more sci fi. Uh, and we actually use AI to help us do that in like the most meta way, you know, possible. We are in the future now. Uh, I want to make sure that I offer a disclaimer for those of you out there thinking that like AI can just write stuff for you, like without really any effort. No, like that's not how generative text yeah. and all that stuff works. Like you really have to have a lot of that information beforehand. All we did was make up the things and feed it to an AI to help us organize it into nice, helpful tables and yeah. to just help expand, you know, some of the criteria and things we were doing to help us just sort of like, you know, like just keep, just, just save us some time with the actual physical, like writing part of this or else this would have taken many more months to like complete our sort of internal source book. But again, all it really is, is just like tables and, and, and conversion, like suggestions to help us just re-describe abilities or things like that to feel more sci-fi. But to you, the listener, I think it's still going to be very recognizable as Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. It's just, again, that's got that sci-fi modern flavor. In addition to that, you know, we're, we're we really wanted to just like, you know, I mean, sci-fi offers a lot of storytelling opportunities. Obviously, you can do so much in a future setting. Um, we're going to be centering a lot of the start of the campaign on like our, you know, the home world of our people. I mean, I want to get too much into that. Dave's going to introduce that in episode zero zero, but. You know, we've written just a lot of lore, essentially, for this universe. We try to really kind of create, you know, a bunch of different factions, a bunch of different, um, we just sort of, we want to make, make sure that we establish essentially as many set pieces and NPCs and things like that ahead of time, put them in a book and that, or a book, sorry, like a one note, essentially, that we've been maintaining. It's um, a book. Yeah. And just to have all that lore there so that what we can do is, you know, in the past, it just, it's just been Dave and I DMing right back and forth with uh, obviously some of you guys jumping into guest DM for like a Halloween episode or whatever it is, right, when the inspiration struck. But, you know, we really wanted to create this basis of lore for all the players to be able to access so that if anyone at any point in time was like, you know, I would like to DM a story arc, you have an, essentially an entire compendium of lore that we've written and organized to 
pluck from and create a story from. Like I know, for example, Lou uh, is an experienced DM. I've actually, you know, I've, I've, I've sat at his table now at this point. I can say that, you know, I'm very excited to see more of the things he comes up with. Seb, I know that you are also an experienced DM coming to the table. Uh, oh, and yeah. everyone else, you know, who's been part of our show, I mean, we've been playing this for seven years. So, you know, I think that a lot of we've all do, kind of developed a lot more comfort around how to, how the games run, how we all sort of operate our characters within the spaces that the DMs tend to create. Um, I know even Nicole has even potentially expressed interest at some point running a story, Eric. I think you have even already started writing some things for that. I don't a lot of things for that. Probably too many things for that. I'm not so much comfortable as I am ready to rip off the Band-Aid of fear about DMing. <laughs> Jump in the deep end. Let's and I'll tell go. You what, I, I, I'll tell you what, my, my dear audience, that is probably the best way to get into DMing is just like... Yep. Rip off the Band-Aid of Rip fear. off the Band-Aid and just, just try to run a game. Just do it. You know, study some of the rules or whatever like that, just to, you know, whatever, just to help you make sure that everything's run smoothly so that you know what people can and can't do so they don't take advantage of you. If you aren't uh, planning, <laughs> don't 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 start with uh, seven players. Yeah. Also, that. <laughs> well, I mean, well, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. But we, we all we all know at least that, like, you're doing it. So it's not like we're going to be. But I have the players I, I start with are the ones who are like burn the world down immediately. None of us would ever do that. Right. It was really bad. But like, you know, I think that one of the things that we've discussed ahead of time, and this is something that I, again, I want to urge other people who are potentially thinking about starting their own games out there to do before you sit down to actually start playing is have a quote unquote, like a session zero, not like an episode zero, like we do to introduce things, but like a session zero to be like, hey, what kind of game does everybody want to have? You know, like how, what kind of experiences do we want to create here? Like what kind of, like what, what do you want to like achieve? Or like, you know, what do you want to do as a player in this game? And, um, you know, we tried to level set the whole thing of like, you know, especially what we've established thus far with how long we've been doing this show is that, you know, we're, we're really trying to enable each other, right, to have a good time to like tee each other up for like certain great improv moments or just like, you know, it's 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 very difficult when you have seven people, obviously, or seven players. I think that that is definitely the max. And I would even say that's a little bit more than what's comfortable. But I think that what Dave and I have discussed, at least for those because we're going to probably start things off, is that splitting the party might actually be an option in some cases because of we would have essentially a group of four and a group of three or or, or whatever configuration of that where we can kind of explore those things and you know take that cardinal rule of D&D of don't split the party and just flip it on its head and be like, well, maybe there are Fuck opportunities that. for that to happen so that we can have sort of these more condensed sort of like, you know, put a few people in a room and see how they, uh, you know, solve a problem together. You know, we did some like test improv sessions with just some of our characters who we're not going to talk about today. You'll learn about them later. Um, just to get, you know, get her comfortable being in their shoes, right? So we just put them in situations and it was just, uh, it was a great time. I'm very excited about it. Um, but that's kind of like the vibe that we really want to have moving into this next campaign. It's just like, you know, doing little vignettes, moving the camera around, right? Like just having different little spotlights, just making sure that we're checking in on each person and seeing what everyone's up to, to give people an opportunity. Because obviously, right, like we may not have a hoblet, but I guarantee the hoblet timer and all the things we established of just like people just picking up like a situation and running with it, it's going to happen a lot because that's just how we are, how we operate as players. Sometimes inspiration strikes someone at any moment in time. And then we just, we just kind of go off of whatever the fuck they come up with, right? So 
I really want that to like, I want us to get comfortable in that again, right? Of just like that, just that groove of one episode to the next, just continuing to tell the story until it reaches a natural conclusion. And then we move on to the next story arc. Um, you know, we're, gonna, we're also gonna be doing something a little bit different too, by not necessarily introducing like a big bad right away or some sort of cataclysmic event. Like, you know, I kind of want things to start relatively peaceful and for us to sort of discover what the big bads might be along the way. Maybe that changes over time. Maybe we have multiple little, little B, like, you know, like, like lowercase B big bads out there, you know, instead of some one Maybe larger overarching evil. Maybe we have all of it, you know. We really wanted to leave this a little bit more, I don't want to say open-ended because that's not true. You know, we've written a lot of like what the like what, what potential villains could be and this and that. Like they, there will be conclusions to stories. We might even actually split this up into multiple seasons. I don't actually think that's going to happen knowing us, but you never know. We could. Um, we really just wanted this to be like a, you know, more focused on the role playing while we're still playing a game. We're still rolling dice and this and that. But, you know, we're just leaning into you like whether we fail or whether we succeed, we're always moving this, the plot forward. Right. Um, and, and we're not going to derail true, anything. True to, our, true to our namesake, I guarantee we're going to roll a lot of terrible things. And uh, we, you know, I, I just really we want to think about it, think about it as like failing forward. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, oh, your optimism, <laughs> right? Uh, Dave, you know, as far as like some of the things that we've done to prepare for this, like you know, are there any any, any things that stand out to you as far as like you know things we want to highlight here or like tease people with the things that they they can expect? Like I know because like, again, you and I did a, a lot of the writing here, but everyone kind of you know contributed ideas and threw those things into the mix of like what you know like all the lore soup that we got going on. Um, but is there anything that I guess like stands out to you? I mean, aside from the fact that we're doing a sci-fi D and D campaign of our own sort of making with like this amalgamation of systems, but like. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into anything that's plot points, but as far as systems, um, I think one of the things that um, came up kind of early on that I really love the possibilities of is um, something uh, we have in here is an influence tension system. So we've set up um, these kind of six major factions around, I, I guess you want to call it the galaxy, the universe, whatever, whatever it is. And there's kind of three pairs that sort of, if not, you know, realistically, at least philosophically, oppose each other so that you can't you can't take both. You have to, as the player interacting with the forces of the universe, eventually you're going to lean one way or the other on any of these things. And we we want to make it that it's not a value judgment to do one or or the other, although Sometimes one is going to definitely skew more evil than the other, but it's not really, you know, it's not a value judgment between the two, but more of just a decision in how how you interact with which one of them you're going to do something for, which is going to pull you away from the other one. You have to it, it's at some point there are going to be choices you're going to have to make that are going to you know, really start skewing you in the direction of one or the other of any any of these three kind of systems against each other. And I and by systems, I don't want to say star systems, just like systems of government, of um, uh, of philosophy, society. Also, right. Yeah. Yeah. But also government sometimes, but also planets and. Somewhere in there, how you define yourself off of these six influence and tension factions is going to sort of reveal the place that, you know, the party is taking in the universe. 
Right. And and that's going to affect how other how other factions view us and all this stuff. Right. So this this actually this 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 system was created by I mean, I was I saw this user it was an MF Coom on Reddit that posted this. And we're just like, yeah, you know, if anyone wants to use this, like use it. Uh, but just so, you know, if you wanted to find the original post, you know, it's probably in their post history. I didn't review what their post history is. Hopefully they're not a weirdo. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> but this system is this system is dope. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. they if they're a the weirdo, we're separating right the art from now the Now with a name like <laughs> MF. Yeah, now with a name like MF. Oh, Boom. no. Are we going right. to just look at uh, this guy? <laughs> and when was that? Uh, sometime in the year of 2023, I saw this posted in the right. D&D subreddit. It reminds um, me of um, the game Spore. If anybody remembers Such rem- a remember good Spore. game. Oh, yeah. Yes. Spore yes, was like... It starts off like very simple, but then yeah, once gets, you get to like the final section of it, evolves into this like very complicated like spice mining warfare new strategy game. I didn't, game. I didn't <laughs> like the the space part of Spore. I tended to only play it until like tribal and be like, I'm stopping here. Same. <laughs> well, oh my uh, god. It re- reminds me of like how the choices you make earlier on in the game uh, influence, will affect, yeah, yeah. Like the influence things personality the of your spacefaring creature species. Yeah, and actually that's a good point that that you you're helping me segue here, Zach, because when it comes to spacefaring creatures and species, wow, and that's a like first. That, uh, I know, right? <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate you teeing me up there. Um, yeah, yeah. You look disappointed, like, Zach. When it comes to make up for it later with spacefaring creatures and things like that, like, yeah, we are sort of like we're rewriting essentially any if, if, if there's any established lore that you might have thought about when it comes to like certain like species within like the D&D realm, like we are essentially nixing a lot of that aside from just the features that each like species gets right uh, in the same way that D&D has moved to more generalizing how they treat like. Uh, traits and things like that from like race to race, right? Like I think that we really wanted to kind of create this sort of open sandbox for our own players to define like what the history of their species is, what the, you know, like where they come from, who they be, how they be. Um, because I just find they that be- like, you know, again, we really wanted to divorce ourselves from, and I, I can't even bring this up. I'm going to say this. And then Zach's going to be like, wait, what's that? Wait, um, wait, what? But like, we're, you know, divorcing ourselves from like the forgotten realms and using you know kind of re- rewriting our own lore slander a lot of this what stuff is that <laughs> i'll tell you later um opposite you know, of the remembered realm it's the setting it's the setting that wizards of the coast uses is essentially their default campaign setting right there you go thank you thank you dave uh hopefully zach doesn't jump through down your throat about that which, what is uh, that? Anyways, I've uh, given you enough context clues. So, you're grown up. Figure you know, out. I, I should just say thank you, Ed Greenwood, for all the inspiration over all the many years. But you know, it's it's just time for us to take Who things in a different direction. <laughs> he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah he's a Canadian Who librarian. Um. Anyhow. I really, you know, I guess I, that's just really what I want to highlight. And it's, you know, so we're going to be learning so many new things and we're going to try to use those as like storytelling vehicles as well as we sort of like, you know, piece together how everyone interacts with each other and, you know, just the different amenities that might exist in a spacefaring or future like society for the many different humanoid and non-humanoid species that inhabit the universe. Um I'm really excited about that and also terrified because I know the kinds of questions that our players like to ask and I'm afraid to answer some of them. Um, like, great. Who is he and what is that? 
And how many nipples does he have? What no one those? has asked that question. No yet, one has Dave. asked that yet, Dave. I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't. I just I can't imagine where that conversation would have occurred. Spoiler alert! I'm glad that Dave's that's a spoiler. That problem instead of somebody else. That's not a spoiler. But anyways, um, so that's sort of been our approach. And you know, again, obviously, just you know, really kind of trying to trying to come up with creative ways of like how everything interacts with each other. I mean, Dave and I have built an entire sort of campaign map and you know, like hex map of like how, where everything's laid out, where everything's located, you know, just wrote all the stuff for the major factions and, you know, what they're comprised of. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time as we sort of reveal all that stuff as we play the game, because we're not going to necessarily know too much about the wider universe for a little bit as we start things off. I think that, you know, we're really going to kind of focus things more on our characters and getting to know them first. And then, you know, we'll see where things go. But again, I'm not actually going to be DMing the first few episodes that is the 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 job of dave so i'm just excited well, to see what he's got cooked up because i really have no idea you know, the last came last campaign started with francesco dming it's only fitting that uh this time around i take the lead and uh you know i'm gonna help you guys point in a direction and then uh we're gonna tell some story <laughs> It's going to be great. I I'm, I'm, I, really I, can, I cannot be more excited for this campaign. Like it's it's just I'm been into it's, it. It's, it's the yeah, you know, just the culmination <laughs> of again, just a lot of like per, like home brewing and like you know like reflavoring of things and like all these amazing sources that we found. Like I encourage all of you to check them out. Like I said, especially we're gonna the Spelljammer's cookbook. I think is just brilliant. The Modern Manual is brilliant. Um, and they really kind of allowed us to establish the framework. Now, the other question in your mind is going to be probably spaceships, right? How do they work? Um, and, you know, one of the kind of collective decisions that we came to as we were running this out is, like, you know, we didn't want, okay, this is a radio show, right? This is a podcast. You're listening to us audio only. We don't want to bog down the game with more mechanics, more things to keep track of, more dice to figure out what to roll or more, dis just more math to do. Like, you know, like the things that kind of slow the pace of the game down, and so we're going to we're going to be treating ships more like set pieces versus, you know, really centering the action around the operation of them. Although there's it's not like we're gonna, not going to have any of that. You know, we've created two new skills um, that help support this setting, you know, including a piloting skill, which is dex based primarily. But, you know, it was any skill role. You can assign another ability to it based on, you know, the context as well as the computers and computer use, because this is the future. So computing devices exist, which also means that computing devices I'm can be hacked. <laughs> so we're going to have things like hackers tools and some more futuristic tool things. So we've literally converted everything from backgrounds to like equipment to like weapons and armor and all these things. Like, again, kept it all true to D&D, but just like reskinned everything to fit a more magical sci-fi like setting. Um and I, I, it's just it, the looking at it, the more, I, the, more, the more we looked at it, the more we were going through our character creation process and all that stuff. It's just going to be really exciting to kind of explore some of these new things. And, you know, who knows? We might probably be rewriting some things on the fly. You're going to probably be experiencing a lot of this new content with us because, well, Guaranteed. we kind of we kind of made a lot of it and other people Guaranteed. made a lot of it. So, you know, it's kind of a guarantee that some things are going to probably change. We we've always done that, you know, retconning this and that here and there because like, we didn't take into account that by creating this whatever the fuck it was that we were going to break something later on. <laughs> That's probably going to happen here. There's only so much you can do to play test or to like, you know, read over stuff, but you know, D&D 5th edition isn't perfect either. You can break that game just as easily. It's up to us 
as the players and also the, you know, the dungeon masters or whatever, the people running the game to just like keep things in check, to create constraints, to create things that are challenging situations and moments that are challenging so that when we do finish an adventure or whatever it is we're doing, like it's satisfying, right? I'm not going to forget about, for example, like legendary resistance on a boss monster. Uh, never again. Never I would like never that. do that. I would never do that. It's never happened. In fact, if point to a time where it's happened, I have it. no idea why we're even what talking is that? about this. <laughs> um, it's in the forgotten realms. Yeah, right. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> we left behind the forgotten realms. I've forgotten all about it. What? Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, as well as just like, you know, the whole point of this whole sci-fi thing was to essentially take, you know, the concepts of magic and technology and just fuse them together. Right. You know, if you think about like if you were to take, you know, essentially the settings that we were using with these magic, these, these medieval fantasy. Right. Just take that and see what would happen if you advanced it. I don't know, a millennia or two. Let's go with two. Yeah. If things feel like. Futurama and Disenchantment were jammed together. I feel like we're going to be pretty close to our target. That image in yeah, my head right? is so good. Serotonin is flooding in my brain. And, and let's not that. let's not pretend that other species or cultures or planets couldn't develop a lot faster than humans if they're like missing some of the human elements that took us a lot longer to get there. Yeah, and like again, like this, we really want to stress. I mean, this is this is very much fantasy, right? Like we are making no uh no sort of like we're not going to we're not trying to go for scientific like realism here by any means. There's a whole lot of uh, what we call the element of hand wavium in 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 play here as far as or the rule how of things cool. work. And rule of cool. Or it's just like, cool. you know, it works because magic and that is just the explanation. Um, there's a portal. But, you know, one of the things that one of the philosophies that we've carried into the writing for this is that, you know, there was a Clark's third law, which is the, you know, the was it uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. We really want things to feel that way in some places. And so, um, you know, we're going to explore a lot of that stuff. I mean, I'm sure we'll encounter some some things that are more high tech, some things that are less high tech. Right. We're going to we're going to be able to experience a whole range of things. We just have so much more stuff to play with. You know what I mean? There's going to be like tablets and laptops and computers and like key cards and, you know, all the things that don't exist in like a D&D setting, right? Where it's all still like lock and key and wooden doors and like big wooden boats with sails and shit like that. I mean, we're still going to have those fantastical elements just in different ways. You know what I mean? Uh, in a way where, where it serves the setting a lot better. You know, there's there's still plenty of magic afoot. It's just that, you know, the way that magic is cast, maybe what an arcane fo- focus looks like for somebody might be a little bit different. You know, instead of a wand, it might be like some sort of like device you're wearing on like, you know, part of your wrist or like some sort of other way to channel your magic, right? Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. That we're going to be probably asking for a lot more descriptors and things like that as people are casting spells or using abilities to challenge them to describe to us, like, okay, what does this look like? Lou, why are you lose laughing? In ten about words something. or less, I'm imagining a stick of ram with a handle on it, and then some kind of <laughs> oh some my kind God. of magic erupting from the other end of why it. Why not? Right? Like it's like why it's not? like I, I, we really want to leave that. We want to give that creative freedom to the players to be able to describe, you know, like what how they do the things that they do. 
you know, like, for example, like a barbarian's rage could be less of like an actual rage and more of like maybe your species has some sort of like thing where it's like a, it's like an adrenal thing where you just like channel like this adrenaline and suddenly now like you're raging and get the benefits of a rage. Or, you know, it could be like stims that are attached to like your whatever armor or situation you're wearing that like yes. inject and you have temporary rage or whatever. Right. Like so the mechanically it would still operate exactly the same way. It's just like the way that it looks is different. It's just all how you describe it. That's well, the you want to get weird with it? Cast actual spells. Right. There's probably <laughs> yeah, some you of might, them Yeah, you too. might be the weird one that still casts things the old-fashioned way, and people are going to look at you funny, being like, what, why are you, what, what's all with all the gesticulation and all the, the, the wands and the words? Like, just I, I just push a button on my wrist, I say this thing, and it happens. <laughs> you know, like, like we, we just, there's so many room, there's so much room for us to have, like, to just, just, to, just to expand, like, our understanding of how these things, like, happen and work because that's the beauty of this game is that you can kind of just make it to be whatever you want we just at the end of the day we're just rolling dice to tell stories the dice help us decide what happens that's really it you know that's really how we want this to feel just had to roll some dice oh my god why are you ra- why are you rolling your dice like this is just for like, you like, said roll like, dice i had luck. like a tick i had like an itch and then i rolled a Fucking that Seb, one. Seb, that's bad luck, man. You can't just be rolling your dice for no reason. Like that's well, how I just that's, did. that's how you curse your dice. And well, my, my dice have been dude, my dice have been cursed since I bought them. A little more curse is not gonna hurt. It's I not mean, gonna hurt. I, well, I, it can because it's then just more cursed, right? Uh, you can't just like, no, like uh, it's, it's, it's not it's not like it's not like uh, it's not like more cursed suddenly oh, makes it uh, less cursed. You know what I mean? Like it's not like uh, a two negative, a double negative making a positive. It's just I'll throw some salt over my shoulder. You know. <laughs> I wonder Spoiler what that voice is. Um, Spoilers. Um, but yeah, so you know, we're really excited to bring this to you. Uh, you know, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we're going to probably release it. You know, a little bit ahead of episode zero or any of those things. You know, but just again, just to give you a little teaser, some information about what's coming next. Uh, did I miss anything? Anything fun or anything else we want to mention or, or 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 tease our audience with? Anyone else have any any teasers they want to drop? Hmm. Uh-uh. You did a really good job. Yeah, I think we covered it pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, succinctly, yeah. right? Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. It was um, succinct. I want to thank my friends then for joining, for joining me here. I want to thank you, the listener, for sticking with us, for being excited, and for you know, for, for about for our next campaign. I know a lot of you have, you know, been <laughs> sitting sitting here waiting with bated breath for something to be coming out. Well, I'm here to say, like, it's it's just around the corner, and uh, well, you, you're just you're. I don't think anyone's going to be ready for it. We're not even ready for it, but we are also ready for it. Um, get ready. ready hell boy. yeah i don't get ready i stay ready uh stay but, ready but anyway um yeah. i yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and outro our friends here uh we can't wait to see you but until then i've been francesco joining me with nicole hello goodbye john until next time lou bye <laughs> sebastian goodbye dave good night everyone and zach bye bye now We'll see you next time. If you want to follow along, check us out on the internet. Uh, we got a link tree. It's just a link tree with the slash hapless heroes. We have an Instagram, Instagram at hapless heroes that also has a link to our link tree. Um, they all, those will have links to our Discord server where you can join in our conversation. It'd be super awesome to be you guys to just like hang out with us. We've built a really cool little community server with a lot of great folks in there. Just we talk about the show. We talk about other things. We're gonna have um, you know separate actually discussion like forum posts that are gonna be discussing all the episodes for this next campaign as well, including this one right here that you're listening to. So keep an eye out for that. So we can just funnel all the spoilers into those places 
And again, we just talk about anything else. Share his pictures of your animals. I know Lou's been sharing pictures of his pupper and his cats, and Zach's got pictures of his cats, and we're all posting pictures of our animals up in there. Show us your animals or other things and food stuff. Maybe not. Maybe not food crimes though. Not body we... parts though. No, yeah, not that either. We don't want any of that. Wow. Please do not send. I mean, news. while we're getting specific. Do not do not do that. That is this is this is a this is this is a community server. Please, dear God, nothing. No, <laughs> animals only. Just read the freaking rules. Anyways, um, otherwise, you know, we'd also, you know, just that's that's really about it. We also have a Patreon. It's patreoncom heroes If you feel like you want to donate, help us keep the lights on, keep the show running. It's we mean it means a lot. We got a lot of fun behind the scenes content and bonus content for you on there to peruse, as well as some potential merch coming in the future as well. Um, but that's it for me. I've signed off my cast, so uh, we'll see you next week, maybe or in a few weeks, or it's some um, undetermined amount of time. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey.